Hello everyone, Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Glad to be back on this afternoon. Hope everybody's doing well. If you're listening to this, you're listening to my next installment of my College Football Breakdown Series. Continuing to break down all 133 teams at the FBS level. And in this segment, I will be continuing with the Colorado Buffaloes, who last season went 1-11, 1-8 in the Pac-12. Obviously, a difficult season for Colorado, which led to changes across the board and you have to be living under a rock if you don't know what's uh, going on with Colorado football in uh, the uh, pretty fantastic things that are going on there. Obviously, they've hired head coach uh, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, who has obviously brought a, a huge uh, media presence upon this team, and, and everybody's looking at them, that's for sure. I mean, uh, the, their first handful of games have already been put on primetime television, Um must see TV from from a lot of people's perspectives, and, and, and I know that a lot of people want this team to fail, and which which I think is a complete disservice to the young men on this team. I, I would never ever uh, cheer for any program, any group of young men to fail at all, and, and I really feel that Coach uh, Deion Sanders is doing some really good things in these young men's lives and is really helping them personally, uh, helping them become better men and uh, better football players too. I mean, who, who better to teach you the game of football than somebody who was the greatest player at uh, a certain position? Uh, I, I think that's exactly why so many great cornerbacks want to go play for Coach Prime because of, I mean, why wouldn't you want to go play for the guy who was the best ever at your position? So, Yes, there is a lot of spectacle and a lot of other things that go around this, but at the same time, I'm never going to be a person cheering for somebody to fail. Uh, I'm a former head coach. Maybe there's some things that he does that I would do differently, but I also am not an NFL Hall of Famer and the best to ever play my position either. So there's there's different ways to do it, multiple ways to skin a cat, as a lot of people would say. Uh, Not an analogy that I necessarily like but I think it it fits in this case there's different ways to do things and you can still have success so diving into this breakdown now obviously uh, this this is the most difficult breakdown I've had to do uh, because there's over 90 new players on this roster Uh, I I, I'm gonna I was talking with somebody uh, about this breakdown and I think it's better to say maybe this is an introduction than a breakdown so but uh, first off, Colorado plays at Folsom Field in Boulder, Colorado, one of the most beautiful places in the country. I've had the pleasure to hike the flat irons there, uh, getting to look down onto uh, Folsom Field. It is one of the most beautiful sights you will ever see. Uh, I have not been to the stadium, um, one that I'm, as a stadium traveler, I'm looking forward to getting to in the near future. Probably not this year with the with the rise in the ticket prices, but but nonetheless, just one of the best, uh, probably the best scenery in college football. I mean, I think they're, they're just the mountains and just, I mean, Boulder is absolutely beautiful. Uh, it doesn't get much better. And then watching Ralphie run out, and I, 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 it's one of those where you can't wait to witness it. Uh, coach on the rise within the program, I think there's a lot of young coaches um, that would want to be a part of this. Uh, and Defensive end coach Nick Williams gets that opportunity, and Coach Williams is a young coach who played at Georgia from 2008 to 2012, played in the NFL, 
uh, for for quite some time, and now has had the opportunity. Uh, he he was a grad assistant at his alma mater, then went to Texas A and M as a defensive analyst before being hired at Colorado this winter for his first full time head coaching job. And I, I've said this before on other uh, breakdowns I've done of coaches on the rise within different programs. And I really do think it's a big deal uh, to have somebody who played uh, the position of those players, coaching those players at an elite level. Uh, if you're a defensive end who wants to play professionally, why wouldn't you want to listen to a guy who's played your position in the NFL at the level that you want to get to again, kind of like what I said about Deion Sanders. Why wouldn't a quarterback want to go play for him? It just makes sense. That's why he's gotten the past two back-to-back number one ranked corners in the country. But that's, it's the same thing here with coach Williams being the defensive end coach played at an extremely high level, went to Georgia and has served on under some amazing coaching staffs. And I know he's learned a lot and uh, he's going to be able to come here and do some really good things. So I'm excited to see, what his future looks like as a coach. Uh, shifting to their schedule now, they open up at TCU, and that's already the big noon kickoff for week one. So primetime Fox week one, they're going to TCU. Then they host their rival Nebraska. Of course, that'll be an absolutely unbelievable atmosphere. Should be an interesting game because Nebraska and Colorado are probably the two teams out there that – people are kind of questioning that they don't know a ton about because there's so much new uh, to both programs. Then they host Colorado State, who's going to be a much improved football team this year. Um, So the Buffaloes better be ready for that game because Colorado State's going to be ready, and that's a darn good football team that's going to have a really good offense. Um, Then they start Pac-12 play. They go to Oregon, host USC, go to Arizona State. They host Stanford on a Friday night. They go to UCLA, host Oregon State, host Arizona. They go to Washington State on a Friday night, and then they go to Utah to conclude the season. So looking at their schedule, extremely tough non-conference schedule. I give them credit for that, playing two Power 5 programs, and then an in-state rival G5 team who is on the rise very highly, uh, quickly, I might add. And then the Pac-12 is going to be unbelievable this year, especially at the top. So Colorado, things have moved fast, obviously. Coach Prime has brought in a level of transfers that we've never seen before. A completely new team, basically. There's only literally a handful of players returning to this team. So they will look a lot different. They th- This will be a better team. Are they going to be able to gel as quickly as it, it would be needed? I think that's the huge question and potential issue that this team could face yes there's talent on this team there's no doubt about it but can they gel quickly enough to go to tcu who just played in the national championship game last year yes a completely different tcu team this year but still a very good football team then you have to turn around you play one of your arch rivals in nebraska then you turn around and play another rival in colorado state and then you start pac-12 play going to oregon and hosting usc so very difficult schedule to start the year for Colorado but if there's a coach out there who wants to handle it uh, being a first-year head coach it's definitely going to be Deion Sanders because he's going to hit it running so diving into the breakdown now position by position there's no doubt who the starting quarterback will be in Boulder this season head coach Deion Sanders son Shador Sanders takes control of this up-tempo offense Uh, Shador won the Jerry Rice award in 2021 as the FCS's top freshman 
and was a Walter Payton Award finalist last season as a, that's the FCS Heisman. So he's clearly one of the best players at that level. Had an un, some unbelievable success at Jackson State, and uh, I I think he's going to do do very well at Colorado. I think he's a future pro. I don't think anybody kind of I don't think there's a question there. He has a lot of great tools, and he's going to continue to develop into a really good player. Uh, the running back room will feature some really good additions. Uh, Dylan Edwards is a big signing as a four-star recruit coming out of high school. Kavoje Smoke from from Kentucky, Alton McCaskill from Houston, Shavion Wilkerson from Jackson State, and Amir McGee from Portland State, both FCS programs, all bring something to the table. Look for McCaskill and Smoke to be two highly used players. McCaskill was the starter at Houston, and Smoke is a very quick running back coming out of Kentucky. Then, of course, Edwards, the star freshman coming in, is going to be one to watch as well. The receiving core is brand new uh, at wide receiver and sees a few returners at the tight end position. The additions of wide receivers, uh, Javon Antonio from Northwestern State, Jimmy Horn and Xavier Weaver from USF, those are two guys that really you need to watch. Uh, Tavarius Dawson from Auburn, Jalen Ellis from Baylor, uh, Travis Hunter and Willie uh, Gaines from Jackson State, and then Jack Riley from LSU provide plenty of playmakers here. Like I said, Jimmy Horn and Xavier Weaver are ones to watch from USF, especially Jimmy Horn. He is, he's going to be a star in my personal opinion. I thought he was very good at USF and I think he's going to do some great things here. And then of course, everybody knows about Travis Hunter, the former number one ranked recruit in the country he plays offense, defense, both ways. I, I think he's going to be a star cornerback here, um, but he's going to be utilized as a wide receiver too. He's too, he's a fantastic playmaker, does some great things. Really excited to see him at this level. Uh, the offensive line returns center Van Wells and left tackle Gerard Christian Lichtenbahn. Uh, the, the additions of tackle Savion Washington from Kent State, uh, tackle David Connor from Florida, guard Landon Beebe from Missouri State, guard Reggie Young from Liberty, guard Jack Bailey from Kent State, uh, guard Tyler Brown from Jackson State, and several JUCO transfers provide solid depth here. Again, a lot of new play, not a, a lot of new pieces here. What, what I'm trying to say: two returning starters, though, something that you, you can't say uh, on the rest of the offense. So you got two guys in place there that 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 you know will be able to handle it. And then just piecing everything else together, that's going to be the question: Can you get it to gel quick enough? Shifting to the defense then now, the defensive line features enti entirely new faces other than defensive end Chance Main. Uh, the additions of uh, Savelle Smalls from Washington, Taj Alston from West Virginia, J.J. Hawkins from Ole Miss, Arden Walker from Missouri, Chaz Wallace from Old Dominion, Leonard Payne from Fresno State, Amari McNeil from Tennessee, Bishop Thomas from Florida State, Zachary Blackwood as a junior college transfer, and then Shane Coax uh, from Dartmouth at the FCS level provides solid options up front. Um, Coax from Dartmouth uh, was an all-conference player, a really talented player, and then uh, Payne from Fresno State could do some really good things inside. So look, look for those two and then others to shine at the defensive line position. The linebacking core features entirely new faces. The additions of uh, Levante Bentley from Clemson, Des Moines Kennedy from Alabama, Brandon Gant from Florida State, 
Jeremiah Brown from Jackson State, Noah Young from Tennessee, Derek McClendon from Florida State, D.B. Harris from Old Dominion, Kari Morns Amons from Maine, Jordan Dominic from Arkansas, and uh, Tristan Marvis from Robert Morris provide solid options here. Ex expect Jordan Dominic and uh, Levante Bentley to both step in, coming from Clemson and Arkansas to do some really big things, and, and other guys as well. But again, this is another group where you got to get these pieces to gel. Can you get them to gel quick enough is the question. Talent, though, that's for sure. The secondary returns, starting safety Trevor Woods, He's the lone returning starter on the defense and will feature back-to-back -back number one cornerback recruits, Travis Hunter from Jackson State, and then true freshman Cormani McLean. So again, like I've said already, if you're the number one cornerback in the country, why wouldn't you want to come play for Deion Sanders? I wouldn't be surprised that the number one ranked cornerback in the 2024 class decided to do the same thing. Um, uh, the additions of cornerbacks Amari Cooper, Omarion Cooper, sorry, from Florida State. Travis J, also from Florida State. Kendrick Braidlove from Old Miss. And Andy Ektok from Arizona State. Along with safeties, uh, Cameron S Silman Craig from Jackson State. Jaquez Robinson from Alabama. Miles Slusher from Arkansas. Shiloh Sanders, Coach Prime's other, one of his other sons from Jackson State. Vito Tisdale from Kentucky. And Roderick Ward from Southern Utah provides solid depth here. It's going to be interesting to see, again, how you piece everything together here. It's kind of a broken record. That's why That's why I said this is this is a breakdown that's different from all one other, uh, the other 132 breakdowns that I either have done already or go, are going to do. Because I've never, I've never done a breakdown in year three now of doing this where there's been over 90 new players on the roster. So it, it's different because how 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 do you put all this into place? And again, I'm a former head coach at the college level, and this, this would be a difficult task, to say the least. Shifting to special teams now, the kicking position sees a battle between Alejandro Mata from Jackson State and uh, Jace Feely from Arizona State. Mata was fantastic at the FCS level last year. He only missed one kick, and it was blocked. And then uh, Jace Feely has great bloodlines as his dad, uh, the the great Jay Feely, uh, potential NFL Hall of Famer. So a uh, punter should belong to Louisville transfer Mark Nassette. Um Final analysis now. This is my opinion on the Buffaloes heading into the season. With so many new faces, this is the hardest team to predict in college football, like I've already said. Coach Prime brings excitement and a winning pedigree. Uh, obviously, he did some tremendous things at Jackson State. Uh, there seems to be a lot of people who could see the things going south in Boulder. Only time will tell, obviously. I, I don't want to be one of those doom and gloom people. Like, there's so many of them out there that, that say it's going to be really, really bad. But I, 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 I do believe that it's either going to be really, really good or really, really bad. I don't know if there's an in-between here. I do think this year Colorado fans need to temper expectations slightly, though, because this this is a brand-new roster, and they were, to be quite frank, they were terrible last year. So they needed to do this. But at the same time, it's very difficult to just put these pieces together to a puzzle this quickly. Um, but again, time will tell. I mean, Coach Prime is a good coach, and, and I don't question that for a second. He knows what he's doing. He's a good coach. 
So I'm going to let the, let him, uh, handle that. And, uh, again, like I said, I'm not considering this necessarily a breakdown. I'm kind of introducing you to the roster because this is, this is the most difficult breakdown I've ever had to do in the past, in these three years that I've been doing this. So, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this, though. Uh, I love doing these. One of the favorite things I get to do every year. Uh, please like, subscribe, or if you listen to the podcast, <clears throat> give the podcast Twitter account a follow at TNT College Foot One. Everybody have a good day. God bless.